When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The Fantasy Footballers Dynasty Podcast with Borg, Betts, and a baller. Welcome in. It's Wednesday, February 28th. We're back. Fantasy Footballers Dynasty Podcast. I'm joined by Matthew Betts, Jason Moore. I'm Kyle Borgannoni. I am happy to be here. Let me just say that because... I have not been on the last two episodes. Two two episodes ago, we were in Vegas for the uh, Fantasy Sports Gaming Association Conference, and you guys held it down with quarterbacks. Last week, we had the top-end uh, prospects at wide receiver with Mike. I've listened to both of those shows. Mm. They were outstanding, excellent episodes, and I was so jealous to not be able to talk about all of these prospects so I'm I'm uh thank thank you guys for letting me be here today. Well, dude, we we made sure that everyone knew that you wanted everyone to know Troy Franklin is the yeah. dude. So do you want to say anything on on Troy? Because uh, we were I think we all gushed over look, him last it, time. It's it's scary when you really love a prospect that has ways that it can go wrong. You know he's so skinny. Uh, I think Mike was like, oh, you know Denzel Mims, and that was uh, and then I started to no. you know poop my pants just because. Look, that happens. Sometimes you love a prospect that doesn't hit. But I, I I love him. I mean, he's just he's so fast and fluid for his size. He's got traits that um you know, you you look around the NFL and you just see certain guys that have a trump card. You know, Tyreek Hill and his speed or Debo and his strength. You know, you just go like there's just certain guys where it's like, "Man, you can't replicate that." Well, that's Franklin has that to me. Franklin has like world beater attributes. That's like his height speed combination is very, very rare. If he can get that to translate in the NFL, it will be monstrous for fantasy right now. He's kind of on that fringe first round in a lot of grades and a lot of mock drafts. So the one that we talked about last week was him going pick 32 to the chiefs, which we were, we we're pretty oh, yeah. happy, pretty yeah. happy about that. So that would, uh, that would make me very excited. Although in my main dynasty league, I've got Rushy Rice, so I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe don't get a wide receiver. I don't know. You don't want to double up. You, you, <laughs> Let's, you uh, go to the Bills. You know what I mean? Go a couple picks earlier. 
I, I'd take that. Uh, this is episode 50 of the Dynasty Podcast, people. So we're, we've gone places over the years, over the year, I will say. And <laughs> multiple years. I know. <laughs> it's been exactly one calendar year. <laughs> we're hitting the uh, 1.1. That's what we're going for, like in the age, you know, when we talk about prospects. But scouting wide receivers, we're going to continue the conversation. Jason's going to get it on the fun and talk about some players that, you know, I, I think we're going to have some disagreements on. Some players that I, I can see them work in the NFL, but I have a really hard time seeing them work for fantasy. And that's kind of like the crossroads that I think this conversation needs to be is this is what we saw on tape. This is what the analytics say. Here's, you know, what they did against zone, all of these things. And then when I look at fantasy, I'm like, will it even matter? And we'll, we'll yeah. find that out with the draft capital. But I'm, I'm worried about some of these guys just even mattering at all a year or two from now. 100%. There are a couple guys that I really like. Uh, I think they're very good uh, prospects where I go like, I'm, I'm a Cardinals fan. And I'm like, oh, I, I hope we draft that guy. Now, I'm not going to draft him in fantasy because I don't think he will score fantasy points, but I think he'll help an NFL team. Uh, there are those type of prospects today. And one of the, the craziest things is that the players we're talking about today, we're starting at what, like wide receiver six or seven on our – you guys covered, I think, six last episode? Yes. For me on my personal rankings, um, we're going to be starting with my wide receiver six. The difference between my wide receiver six and wide receiver 12 is it's it is one tier to me. Like they are the exact same tier. That is the widest, largest tier that I can remember where it's like I, I, I really, you know, I really could sort these guys in almost any order. So obviously every year draft cap, capital matters landing spot, location, system fit, all those things matter. But this year, it's going to organize my rankings for me within the giant tier of players, you know, when you sprinkle in um, how you want to bet on fantasy. Because sometimes you might draft one guy over another guy simply because of your own roster needs and how they fit what you're looking for. If you need consistency or you need explosiveness or um, those those type of attributes. I'm kind of interested to get y'all's take before we get too in the nitty gritty here because a lot of big boards have 10, you know, 10 plus wide receivers in the top 50 of overall players. And that is not normal for what we've seen in the NFL. And I will just say that's not probably going to happen on the NFL draft. Like things will change. There'll be other prospects. But to me, that's a that's just a bit alarming to see that there's going to be wide receiver. 10 wide receivers taken in the first 50 picks is, you know, kind of... A, like a lot more than what we're seeing. I mean, there's not a lot of premium players at other positions that we've seen in the past. I mean, you have quarterbacks at the top, no running backs. We're going to talk about at all really in that top 40, top 50 overall boards. But I don't know, Betts, did, was that alarming to you when you're seeing the kind of consensus? Like we're at this point now we're getting group think. And I, I don't know, that just seems like a lot of wide receivers for the NFL to deem worthy of a top 50 pick. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where it's like, it's kind of exciting because you know, when you see all these guys get uh, not just round one, but probably round two or three, you know, day two draft capital, immediately you're like, okay, these guys have a better chance of hitting. But then you also have to remember, like, they're going to situations where they have to step on the field and produce as a pro, which is not easy to do, especially when they go to situations where there's other guys there that can already do it. So a lot of the guys that we're going to talk about today 
I think you're going to miss. <laughs> you know, and, and the consensus around this class is, oh, it's so deep. These guys are so great. There are so many guys on this list that I'm like, I don't get it. Uh, I'm not as high on as maybe other people or the market. Um, lots of red flags in a lot of these guys' profiles. So even though like some of them will go, you know, round two, round three, it just feels like it's one of those situations where we kind of could be looking back in a year and we're like, remember that class that was supposed to be so great? Yeah, well, there was a lot of misses there too. So that's kind of how I see this this group going today. I think this is going to be kind of where rookie drafts are won and lost, so to speak, where like if you find kind of the one or two guys that might emerge from this group that we're going to talk about, you're going to be happy. But I think there's a lot of landmines too. I, I, ag- I agree with what you're saying in, in, in concept, but I do think this year is better than most years. I don't think it is weird or bad or alarming. Doesn't put up any red flags to me for 10 wide receivers to go in the top 50 of the NFL draft at all. Now, I think there will be plenty of busts, but the reason why this draft class is exciting, is is highly touted, and why I think 10 will go in the top 50 picks is because even though there are red flags to guys, like you guys talked about Keon Coleman um, last episode, so many red flags there, but also so much potential. The guys that are in this year's class, they're big amazing athletes that you know it's like if if the team that drafts them can mold them to their potential they are much better than what most years have in the second and third round or as the ninth tenth twelfth wide receiver taken in a draft class it's this year to me is all about potential so you're right bets this year is like you're gonna win and lose your rookie drafts based on basically the scouting and your personal beliefs of trying to make the right bets as to who hits uh, versus you know who misses, but the potential for this year is, I think, extremely high. And for the NFL purposes, I mean, you want to take swings at this position. It's it's not you know I can look at the data and I have love looking at like oh well you know based on just first round picks alone, there's probably at least two of them that are going to bust based on historical rates. But it's worth taking the swing at because if you get that hit. Even somebody in the second round, like Rasheed Rice last year, it's like, oh, you have a wider receiver for years to come that fits your system that you know how to work. So uh, I, I'm excited to talk about these guys, but I need to make sure before we go any further, because time is of the essence, people, for the UDK Plus. If you go to UDKPlus.com, our 2024 Dynasty Pass is here, is loaded with content. The rankings we're going to talk about today, I mean, Jason and I even messaged me this morning, like we updated them for this show from when we started doing the research a couple weeks ago to yesterday and the day before. like This is an evolving thing. So if you want rookie rankings, startup rankings, all of our production profiles, when we talk about this player you know, not hitting this metric or this dominator rating or, hey, he's a little smaller than you know what we're used to seeing, you can get all of that in the UDK Plus and the Dynasty Pass, which is live right now. Yeah, and, and I think it's also important to note, we have a big contest going where if you buy the UDK Plus, um, before March 1st, which is quickly approaching as of this recording, you are automatically entered into uh, the chance to play with us in the 2024 Listener League to play amongst us. So UDKplus.com, it's the quickest, easiest place to buy it. People are always like, "Where, where is there a resource where we can get like everything at a glance, you know, see the, the usage and the measurables and the production and some it's all there for every single one of these rookies. So UDKplus.com. Yeah, and next week we will have a post-combine update. So the combine's happening this weekend. 
we will get a brand new fresh update for the Dynasty Pass, even a brand new rookie mock draft. So get all of that at udkplus.com. Let's talk about these wide receivers. Hey, rookie. Welcome to the NFL. Last week, we talked about a couple of benchmarks, not as this is the end-all be-all, but there are certain thresholds we like to see in prospects, and we've done some deep, deep look at some data of round one wide receivers, and then wide receivers that were taken on day two, and when we refer to their targets per route run or their yards per route run, we're not just stating a number to say, here's a cool metric, it's, this is kind of what we've seen that works in the NFL, now it's not perfect, but a round one wide receiver, the guys we talked about last week, we said we want to see them average 28% on their targets per route run and 3.16 on their yards per route run. For day two wide receivers, which is going to be a lot of the guys we talk about today, we need that number to be about 28% and then their yards per route run is around 2.7. And I give those numbers to say that each of these players we talk about today, there's going to be things we say, man, this is really, really good or they're really good against zone, or they could really fit a scheme as a slot wide receiver. But we're also kind of looking at the film, looking at the hit rates, and trying to figure out how do they translate to the NFL. I mean, that's that's the whole conversation with Keon Coleman is, I can see it, but I also could see how he could not translate to 2024's NFL, which is very different. Like, would you guys say Keon Coleman would have been one of those players 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it's like, oh, that dude is locked in round one. I mean, it, it just felt like a player. <laughs> he's he's already kind of getting round one buzz right now, isn't he? He's Yeah, right. but I know what you're saying, Kyle. Like, he, you know, old school, big bodied, you know, yeah, absolutely. He's just fallen out. I just uh, looked at grinding the mocks. He's like at 34. So he's just outside of first round now. He's kind of slid. But yeah, I, I, I think we're starting to understand this more. And, and I talk a lot about, you know, how does a player do against zone? Because that's what the NFL does. So those are some of the things we'll bring up. But last week, if you want to go back to that episode, Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, Roma Dunze, Keon Coleman, Brian Thomas Jr., and Fire Troy Franklin. But. Now, hold on. You said that like he needs to lose his job. Okay. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, we're not firing <laughs> Troy, Troy Franklin here. We're saying, like, you know, get him out of the league. Dude's not yeah, even in the league. Yeah. Like, the hotness, Troy Franklin. There you go. <laughs> He's got the afterburners. I, we're going to start off with a prospect that I think could be polarizing. I think as a whole, I know Jason and Andy, you guys are very excited to talk about this young lad, but <laughs> I, I just need to say on the front end, I think people, a lot of people are just so curious why this guy shows up so high, not only in our rankings, but in a lot of pre-draft boards. So it's Lad McConkey out of Georgia right now in our rookie rankings. He's now at wide receiver six, which I, I feel terrified to even say that. But um, Jason, I will let you start talking about Lad because when he came to Georgia, he wasn't highly re- recruited, but he's a two-time national championship uh, winner. But the sample size is really, really small, and I'm scared. Oh, 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 oh lad McConkey. Uh, <laughs> look, when I first started watching him, the first half of the first game, because Andy had kind of claimed him as his dude. Andy loves Lad McConkey, is very confident in his ability and his uh, skill set. Says, you know, he's, good, he's a great wide receiver. So I start watching him, and the first half of the first game, I'm like, eh, I don't know. He looks a little undersized. He's. Um, you know, I, I didn't like the production profile. He didn't, you know, he never had a thousand yard season. 
didn't do a lot uh, that I want to see on paper. Then I watched, and I watched more, and I watched more. I watched basically every single one of his routes for the entire season this year because I wanted to be sure on him. It wasn't and a lot of routes. No, no, it was it was it was much easier than a lot of players to <laughs> watch every single route. But he's good. He's fast. He's got very good hands. He's an excellent route runner. He knows how to make space and get separation. Um, there wasn't much to dislike. I, I mean, I, I wish, I wish he was 200 pounds. If he had another 15 pounds on him, I think he would be, you know, a, a sure fire, uh, first round pick. Uh, he's right now still pro he's probably a middle of the second round pick according to, you know, what, what we're seeing out there right now. I worry fantasy value wise that he will be a slot wide receiver and be one of these players that is good for the NFL and not great for fantasy. It will depend on where he goes, where his location is right now. I'm trying my best to rank these guys pre-NFL draft based on do I think they're good? Uh, what's the likelihood that they're going to hit mixed with if they hit, how high will it go? But Ladd, he's good. I mean, he's just a he's just a solid wide receiver. There's not much outside of strength that you're going to criticize him for uh, production and, and strength, but um, I I think he's a very, very smart wide receiver. He played a lot of different positions in high school, uh, which, you know, I, I like that. I like when I see, you know, that Travis Kelsey played quarterback because he sees the entirety of the game. And so, you know, he was great against zone. And that Kyle, you know, that's your that's your big bugaboo. You say the the NFL plays so much zone now, you've got to be great against zone. Well, he is. He's going to find the open spots, and he's going to sit down. And if he's got a good quarterback, he's going to be catching a lot of open passes. Yeah, lads, he's so interesting, right? Because in today's game, where people like Kyle are dominating us with their spreadsheets and their models, lad is not your guy, right? If you play the game that way. And that's just the guys you take. Lad is not the guy. Didn't really break out. Not a ton of production. Um, some of that this past year was due to injuries. Dealt with back, knee, and ankle injuries. So it was a very limited sample size this past year. But I agree with Jason. Just the tape is good. And, and if you're someone that follows tape more than the other stuff, then you probably are really going to like Lad McConkey. Um, what's interesting about him and kind of the way we've been talking is, you know, we're concerned, is he only slot wide receiver at the NFL level, which I do, I do share that concern. But when you watch him on tape, you might think, okay, is he only running these little dinky kind of whip routes or little out routes? He's not. Especially uh, two years ago in 2022, he was running a bunch of stuff down the field. So he does have that in his game. Um, but overall, I, I think he's just a really solid, good wide receiver. I will say I'm worried about that. Just this feels like one of those guys where like everyone is like in on Lab McConkey, but it's like something about it just feels wrong, right? When you look at a guy that just didn't produce that much in college. Um, and usually those kind of guys are decent bets against. Again, not saying he can't work out, just saying there are some uh, yellow to red flags in his profile. But I, I love the tape. I think he's pretty good. Yeah, nine game sample size for 2023 is is not a lot to go off of. Uh, but Betts mentioned like only 27% of his targets were in the slot. So he's playing all over the field. I love getting to watch him, George Boy. So got to give him a shout out. But man, it's like, 
they could use him in so many different ways. It wasn't just little out stuff. Um, the underneath trailing stuff is like what the Rams figured out with Cooper Cup. Like, let's get this guy moving underneath. I wish I saw more slants. Like, there's only two slant targets of the entire year that I could even look at on film. Um, so I just, I just worry when I can see 17 routes a game and that's it. But I can also see an NFL team saying, hey, I don't care about any of this stuff. I don't care about breakout age. Just let's move forward. So he can work against zone. My question for you moving forward is what is this ceiling in fantasy? Because I, I have a hard time envisioning a route where this guy is going to be a dominator at the next level. I think he's going to be a good NFL player. But like one of my comps that I got for him was the highest in. He could be Golden Tate, who was used down the field early in his career and then became kind of this slot PPR option. But I mean, I also see the low end. I have Dante Pettis as a comp on the low end. So I'm just wondering where he fits in. Yeah, I know. That was, that was disgraceful. I mean, that's just pain. I mean, the high-end <laughs> comp that, that, that he gets sometimes, and, and I, don't, I don't ever want to just tell people, oh, the, you know, get people too hot and bothered with what I believe is a Hall of Fame caliber name. But, you know, Cooper Cup has dominated, um, and they're, they're not too different in size, in, in style of play. Uh, just really smart guys that know how to find the right area, um, have you know, <clears throat> pretty good athleticism, and so I think there is a ceiling he could reach where he is an every week starter in fantasy, not necessarily an every week dominator, but I do think he can get to where he's just like kind of one of those guys that's locked in your lineup as your wide receiver too. And then you move forward, but we'll have to wait and, you know, obviously see where he lands. Yeah, he's going to be an interesting name because we've all kind of loved the film. And then it's just, you know, comparing that to the sample size is kind of the hardest thing for me to look at. But uh, crazier things have happened in the NFL. But Lad McConkey, I think this is higher than what most people have. I think yeah. Lad kind of ends up at 9, 10 for a lot of people. So um, we're, we're, we're definitely higher. And, I assume, I really do assume that after the NFL draft, Lad will take a Lad will take a tumble. Um, so maybe it's worth trying to project now for people that happen to be doing rookie drafts right now, which is so stupid. Yeah, Just do throwing it. that out there. Don't do your rookie drafts before the NFL draft. Don't do it. And ninety five percent of leagues do not do that. But I know some they just get too thirsty and they're like, ah, well, let's do it now. I want to do it. That's dumb. Don't do it. You got to have more information on these players. So, um, but after the NFL draft, Lad will probably fall down a little bit, is my guess, unless we're surprised by some great draft capital. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you, but consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. 
If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. All right, we're back. We're going to talk about Texas' Xavier Worthy, who originally committed to Michigan, had some NIL issues, but super young. I mean, his breakout age is the youngest in this class. It was 18.4, and he's not even 21 years old. So Xavier Worthy had a ton of production, but when I look at where he was lined up on the field, where they threw to him, it was different for every single year at Texas. Now, they had the same exact offensive staff because it was Steve Sarkeesian, and yet, you know, one year it was kind of like intermediate stuff. In 2022, it was a lot of deep stuff, even though he had an injury. And then last year, it was a lot shorter. So I'm trying to figure out how he was used there and how he could translate the NFL. He's 6'1", but super thin, 172. And we've seen players like this that can work in the NFL. You know, Jordan Addison's kind of the most recent one. But my favorite comp for him is he's just a taller Hollywood Brown. And I think Hollywood has bigger top-end speed, but Worthy's an interesting player because the production is awesome, and I think he can work at the NFL level, and Betts, I'll let you start first because you really liked his tape in terms of like pure speed. Yeah, this is interesting. You and I were talking before, a couple days ago before this show, so I'm interested to get your take, but you were like, ah, I don't I don't see him as like as fast as everyone thinks. And my first note was this dude has speed for days. His first one of his first games at Texas, they get him on just a quick hitter on the sideline. Dude blows by everyone. And you can see the track speed. Um, and actually in a little side note here in the betting markets, which you can bet on the NFL combine this weekend if you're for one of those people like Kyle, um, he is the betting favorite to lead the wide receivers in 40 time. Um, so just for reference, that's kind of how he's viewed as just the speed guy. Um that is a little bit of a pigeonhole, I think, when you think about Worthy, where you're like, okay, is he just a downfield speed guy where you're like hoping for a long bomb? I don't know where I land on that yet, quite honestly, because as Kyle said, his year-over-year kind of evolution as a player was just so different with each system that he played, where like sometimes he was that guy, but other times it was like little quick hitters and screens and, and just yak stuff. So I don't really know how he truly wins in the NFL. I don't know if it's um, a nuanced route runner. I don't know, think he has that, but I mean, you think about what he can do. He's lightning fast, in my opinion. His breakout age is awesome. Uh, he's young, as Kyle said. So I think all of those things combined with, you know, we're going to see early-ish draft capital, right, in the second round, most likely, for Xavier Worthy. Um, I'm a little higher on him than most, I think, but I'm willing to see a scenario where it certainly goes south with, with a guy like Worthy. So I want to talk about his name. Um Xavier because I I haven't seen production guides yet they're not in the NFL yet 
or pronunciation guides. Uh, but when I would listen to the commentators, they always called him Xavier and they pronounced the X, you know, the Xavier. But it's Xavier, mm, it but it's Xavier Leggett is how the announcer. There's two Xaviers in this year's class, and one is Xavier and one is Xavier. Is how it sounded it to, to my ears. So I'm really curious for that pronunciation guide to come out. Um, yeah, Xavier Worthy is, I mean, he his his worst season uh, was basically as good as the best season that Lad McConkey ever had when it comes to production. Breakout age is excellent. Uh, his speed is great. I have spent the majority of my fantasy career uh completely discounting the fantasy relevance of undersized too light of players. Um, it's shifted obviously over the last couple years. And when there is a talent that is completely worthy of uh, discounting mm. that. Mm. So for instance, a couple years ago, uh, Devonte Smith really broke the mold. His BMI. Oh my gosh. If you were on draft Twitter, people were O U T because of BMI on Devontae Smith. And I'm like, what are Devontae Smith is a world beater. He's like, he's like everything you want in a prospect except weight. Get over it. Um, and then Jordan Addison was obviously a my guy for me last year. Um, so I'm I am totally willing when I see someone that is that special to say I don't care about the weight. Tank Dell just proved it last year. I'm not sure with Xavier Worthy. I think he's really, really good. I like this tape. But there were a couple things on tape that made me fear and it was always basically the weight the strength you know when he had not drops they certainly would not be classified as drops but when he had opportunities to make tough catches uh it, you know contested catches contacts come and things like that I saw him not come down with that ball too often and it made me a little bit worried that in the NFL you know when you're dealing with bigger, stronger, faster, heavier uh, defenders, whether or not he'll be able to succeed at his weight. I did like the tape. Overall, you know, he's my wide receiver nine um, in my rankings, and overall I, I like him better than his Texas teammate, which I know I believe both of the other guys here, Andy and Mike, have it the other way. Um, he, he's a quality – He's he is really a quality wide receiver that I hope – can overcome the strength and weight issues uh but obviously his speed is his trump card and i think what might have happened to answer the question of like why did he stop being used so so much downfield and go shorter and shorter on like the the depth of target sometimes when you've got like your dude for your team where you're like that's our best player that's our playmaker they're just trying to manufacture touches for him. They're like we got to get yes. the ball in his hands, and I think as he, you know, went into his third year uh, for Texas, they're like, let's just find ways to get the ball in his hands. So he had a lot more screens, and I think that is a testament to his playmaking ability rather than a detriment to his, uh, you know, his ability down the field. I like Worthy a lot. I like him more than Mitchell. Like you, uh, Jason. I love the production early on. I love, you know, he had a monster game against Oklahoma, which at the time it was like, you know, as a freshman, he just looked like the best player on the field. This past year against Alabama, like he showed out in, you know, an NFL style defense. Um, just some great plays, including like a Willie Mays over the over the shoulder kind of catch. 
I found him to be tougher after the catch than I thought for his weight. I'm not saying he's going to run over anybody, but just like, oh, this is a tough dude. And so I can see what you're saying, Jason, like that won't work at the NFL level because the dudes are way bigger than the college whoever's you're playing against. But when I mix in the early production and however he tests, like I think he's going to be a solid pick in rookie drafts. Like I, I could see him creeping I, up kind of as a fringe first round rookie pick to early second round that I would be happy to have on my team. I, I agree completely. My my comp for him, and I don't know if you guys will agree, he's not quite as fast and the size isn't there, but I, I see Jerry Judy to me where he's he's talented and I'm not sure when he gets to the NFL if it's going to meet the hype or not, but Jerry Judy's still relevant. Can I say one more thing about Worthy before we move on? I know that the drops are a big factor with him, and I saw that too. I was just curious, Jason, if you noticed that more, and maybe you don't remember exactly, but if it was his 2023 tape or his 2022 tape, because he did. No, I, so, he, I was going to say he did play with a broken hand in the back half of 2022, and you saw the numbers. like He had his worst season as far as his drop rate, worst season as catch rate, so I definitely saw a lot more of that, but I agree there was some flashes of that stuff on 2023 as well. For me, um, and this is just, you know, everyone can agree or disagree, but I, I make the active choice. I only watch the latest season unless there is an injury reason where I need to go back. Like with Blake Corum, I wanted to go back and watch 2022 because of his ACL injury and maybe he was slowed down in 2023. Something like that <clears throat> will will make me look back. But I have I think I've fallen away from traps that other people have fallen into. So wait, I I didn't fall in. I I avoided traps. Were you setting the traps? (laughs) The the college guys, like I'm not a college guy. I don't watch college football on Saturdays. I don't know most of these players. You know, you always know the the big names, the Bijans, the Marvin Harrisons, and the neighbors, all those. But I don't follow college football. What I do is when the when the end of the NFL season is over, I start scouting the NFL-headed prospects, you know, the guys headed to the NFL. And sometimes the real draft guys, the guys that live in the college prospect world, and that's their that's their predominant, you know, job, they've known these guys for years. And so they get caught up on someone who was supposed to be special a couple years ago. The case, you know, the the Keishon Boutes and the you know the the guys that will like came in with so much hype or or broke out really young but then trailed off um and i feel like i only want to see what did what have they done lately now that the now that the rest of college football knows oh they broke out they're a star now we're going to actually try to defend him as opposed to have him be some secondary option on the team that we're not really caring about how did they perform in their last year so for me it's always 2023 tape I, you know, I take the exact opposite. I want to go to preschool, see what they did, you know, early on, watch the film and see middle school. You know, what were they like? Is there any Derrick Henry comps that we can just throw around just to fart around? I and do then, love watching high school tape, man. I love it. I don't scout it. So I don't, fun. I don't watch it to scout, like to be like, oh, look how good he was. Right. I just love watching human beings that don't belong, dominate little boys that like, I mean, it's. It's just so much fun to watch these guys that, like, they're unstoppable. The speed, when you've got a speedster, an NFL speedster back in their high school days, oh, man, it's just so fun to watch all these guys, like, it looks like they're jogging while one guy is a rocket ship going down the sideline. <laughs> I, I will say, I like to mix in, like, for Worthy, okay, like, his breakout age. I want to see what he did, 
you know, his freshman year, why he did that. But I agree. We want to see the most recent thing. And that's what the NFL cares about. Um, I'm interested in this next player. It's Roman Wilson from Michigan, a little bit older. And the story's kind of gotten passed around that when he was in high school in Hawaii, he would like get on a plane and get up super early in the morning. And he's got that dog in him. And they just won the national championship. I just want to say from on the outset, this is an old prospect who broke out really late. But then I throw that aside and I watch the tape and I go, I get it. I get why he would work in the NFL. But I'm also still worried the same thing we talked about with Ladd McConkey. Is this just a player from a really good program who could work in the NFL and yet for fantasy doesn't really matter? So, Betts, do you have some early... Because you liked Roman Wilson tape and you were you know, messaging me and I was like, dude, I just... I don't know. But I, I feel like I understand how he could work in the NFL but I also could see a limited ceiling. Like I wrote down, is this what Sky Moore was supposed to be? Oh no, don't, don't do that to us, man. Come on. Um, he feels like, like kind of in the same idea as like Lab McConkey, where it's like, you know, the, the production profile, as far as the breakout age, his current age, that sort of stuff is not great. But again, you put on the tape and you're like, this guy's good. This guy wins in different levels of the field. Um, in, in my opinion, all three levels, I really thought he was a pretty good route runner. Uh, a variety of different routes on tape, so he's not just a one-trick pony. Um, what's interesting, though, about him, and it's kind of like the J.J. McCarthy discussion we had, where, again, Michigan just won every game. They're always winning in the fourth quarter, third quarter. So they're just giving it to Blake Corum every time. So you don't have a huge sample of him being just this alpha on the field. But when he got the ball thrown his way, he was very productive. So... I struggle a little bit with him because of, like you said, the four-year player, late breakout, uh, older guy. Th- those generally are not things you want to bet on. But just like Lab McConkey, you watch the tape and you're like, this guy's pretty good. Um, I will say maybe some of this too is like recency bias because if you follow Senior Bowl stuff, everyone was talking about Roman Wilson at the Senior Bowl. I, I was not there, but that's what everyone talked about was like this guy won you know, every rep. He caught everything. He really had a, a great week. So I think his stock has really taken a big step forward because of that. Um, so just pointing that out there, that's that's worth mentioning. But yeah, I, I think I'm a little higher than consensus on him, but I'd be lying if I said there weren't things in the profile that I was definitely worried about. At Michigan, I, I felt like every game that I watched, I was like, he's always in the right spot when they need him, when they needed a first down to move the chains. It was it felt like you were watching, you know, like a movie almost like this is the player that they count on and this dude's, you know, not even 200 pounds. So I... I get it when people kept saying, this is a hardworking, undersized slot guy who's always open. Like, yeah, it makes sense. Like, it actually matched the film when people talked about it. And he wasn't just getting little dinky screens. Like, they were real routes. Yeah, I, so I, I as well am higher on uh, Roman Wilson than consensus. I, I believe he is a very, very good wide receiver. Um, when I watch the tape, he doesn't seem to have elite athleticism. and uh, But... He ran a four three seven coming into college. Like he does have it, and and I I like that combination where a guy just kind of glides. It doesn't look like he's almost trying too hard to to have his speed, which he uses very well to get open. I also think he has personally from my scouting, he's got the best hands in the class to me. I think his hands are absolutely incredible. You throw the ball to him, he's going to catch it. I mean. If you've got four three seven speed, which obviously we don't have the combine results yet coming into the NFL, but if you've got whatever four four, you you've got elite speed and great hands. That's enough. Like, th- what more do you need if you've got 
you know, usually the the real crazy fast speed guys, they don't have surefire hands. But Roman Wilson has surefire hands. I don't like a four-year player, or we'll talk about a fifth-year player that blows my mind here in a minute. Um, I you know I don't like older wide receivers. That's obviously a huge negative. We've been talking about it this year with all the prospects. The COVID year kind of throws a little bit of differentiation because these guys still dealt with that missed season. So I forgive it. I don't like the lack of production, but like you talked about with JJ McCarthy and Michigan basically being up twenty points in every fourth quarter, you're not throwing the ball much. He's a really really good prospect, and if you are a four year player, if you are a senior and you're not coming out early, I want you to go be the buzz at the Senior Bowl like Cooper Cup was, like Debo Samuel was. And there is no doubt everybody that was there, unrelated to one another, not just uh, echoing you know, live while it was happening, everyone was talking about how Roman Wilson dominated the Senior Bowl. So I'm, I'm in on him. Uh, uh, you know, What's his high end? I don't know if he could be a Tyler Lockett type where, yeah, he's a slot guy. Yeah, he's undersized. But with that speed and with his just ability as a good wide receiver, he also is is very, he plays fearless, which I like for um, an undersized guy. Yeah, I had Randall Cobb as kind of the high end who was just Oh, like yeah, I see that. Whatever they needed. I will say for targets per outrun, it's, uh, it's under 23%, which wasn't great. But like I said, every time he got the ball it felt like it was like an, an amazing play moving the chains first downs um 12 touchdowns is pretty awesome for someone his size in their final year so i a lot to like we'll just see what what scheme he's in like could he be a ppr option sure uh but it, it kind of matters where he goes I, I will say this we've talked about lad mcconkey xavier worthy and roman wilson three very good quality wide receivers that i think will have a good nfl career these guys do not have the – these aren't the ceiling top three wide receiver overall type of fantasy assets that some of the guys we're talking about the rest of the show have in their, you know, out, range of outcomes. Yes, and, and I wonder in rookie drafts when we get there, you know, there's kind of a blend on, you know, oh, I already have a pretty safe team. I want to shoot for the moon. It's like, yes, that that makes sense if you want to shoot for some of these guys who have a really high ceiling, but – there's nothing wrong with adding a player who just has a really good college profile. Like Roman Wilson also returned kicks, and so he's getting a lot of Jaden Reed comps. Like, yes, I, when I looked at Jaden Reed last year, I wouldn't have said, man, this guy has a massive stealing, but this could be a good NFL player for your team that slides in as a wide receiver two flex for a couple years, as opposed to a player that Jonathan Mingos, you know, like I, I think we would have said, Mingo, he could be the one in the offense. Look at the size. They took him early. And uh, I don't know. Has the ship sailed on Jonathan Mingo? Yeah. Like, I think so too. Yeah. Like, it's I think gone. it's I, yes. I think it's gone. So dead in uh, the water. Oh man. Just sitting done. next to the Titanic right now. Just flo- next to Huge. Next to um Leonardo DiCaprio. Just the bottom. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh let's take one more break and then we'll talk about these other guys. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. 
Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Our next player we're going to talk about is Adonai Mitchell out of Texas. He was at Georgia the first two years, so no big deal. Just won two national championships and then made it to another college football uh, playoff at Texas. So pretty good college career. On a lot of boards, he's kind of like the sixth, seventh wide receiver. Like I just saw him go in a couple of mocks at the end of the first round, and I get it. 6'4", 196. There's a lot of red flags when you look at the metrics. So his yards per route run this past year, 1.72. That is not good. His zone yards per route run, 1.75, also not good. So when I look at his tape, I can see it. And then when I wrote this down, it's just there is so much erratic play here that I just have no idea. The range of outcomes for him is massive. But I, I think the best compliment I can give is he's diet T. Higgins, and that's about as high as I could see him go, but I could also see a lot more downside here. So I'll let you guys talk first, and then I'll come around and give my final thoughts. But Betts, I, I I saw flashes. Did you see those same things? There's definitely flashes on tape. It's just so inconsistent, rep to rep, where like one play, he looks like a dude, and the next play, he's just a guy out there. Um, so I am not a huge AD Mitchell guy. I get it from the size kind of traditional X receiver thing that the NFL probably is looking for, but you mentioned some of the red flags. This is one of the guys that never posted uh, two plus yards per team pass attempt. That's been a sticky metric. So you have a guy who didn't really produce. You have a guy with a late breakout age and you've got a guy that just hasn't been efficient with his opportunities. You mentioned a career best 1.72 yards per run quite terrible, honestly. So this is a guy that I think could sneak into like the back of round one that helps the NFL more than fantasy or early round two. And I think people know the name. They know the uh, you know Georgia situation, national champion. Kind of like with Blake Corum, where I mentioned, I feel like his name and kind of the situation might be overvalued. I'm probably going to let my league mates take him uh, personally uh, from where I'm at with him. I don't see it. I'm not a huge A.D. Mitchell guy. I am so genuinely upset. Like I was upset when you said that you aren't a big fan and you didn't like his tape because you know it's nice it's nice to disagree i can't stand Adonai <laughs> mitchell i i i was i wanted to i wanted to just i wanted to hear the other side and it sounds like we're all in agreement i watched this guy and it is worth saying like i i i, I mentioned it earlier uh i i don't know for sure about mike but i know andy mike uh, has had Mike has him high too. Okay, so I so I I was right. Both of those guys have him above Xavier Worthy, his his teammate. Uh, Andy comps uh, Adonai Mitchell to Anquan Bolden. He he really liked the tape. I did not. I mean, I really did not. I kept I kept like checking the you know the like NFL mock draft database, and I, I mean, he is so high. He's like almost guaranteed to be a first rounder the movement that has been happening with him it's trending where it's like and i just while i'm scouting him and i didn't i don't the my process 
I'll look at the production and the the measurables. Then I go watch film. And I watch enough film, uh, good games, bad games, whatever games I can find, really. As many games as I can find for 2023. Try to do the all 22, you know, wherever I can. Um, then I'll go look at the other metrics. And sometimes I'm surprised. I'm like, oh, I thought this guy was killing zone. And it looks like he's bad at zone or whatever. Um, I was disappointed to see that. I mean, his his behind the scene metrics, like you talked about, they're all trash. And and I thought his play, uh, he can't track the ball. He doesn't create great separation. Now, unfortunately, there were plays where he did have separation down the field where he wasn't really, he didn't get a catchable pass. So you can't knock him on on that all the time. But I was just really, really surprised. Now, maybe I am, maybe it's like when you're hyped for a great movie and it's getting all this buzz and then you go see it and it was average. And so then you hate it because you're like your your expectation was too high. Maybe that's going on for me with Adonai Mitchell. If he if I scouted him as my you know twentieth wide receiver, I'd be like, hey, he's got some good traits because he does. He's fluid. He can move his body well for being six four. But ironically, we, you want big wide receivers. But once you get to like that six four threshold, there's not a ton of actual hits. The hits are great, like high 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 end, but. You know, this is a guy I don't think is going to – I don't think a world exists where he helps an NFL team but doesn't help for fantasy based on his body, size, weight, athleticism, all of that. He's either succeeding for both or failing for both. I'm going to personally be bypassing Adonai Mitchell. I, I don't think I'll have almost any of him because I, I assume he will be much higher in ADP than where I'll have him ranked. Yes, I do see the path. He's tall. He's athletic. He's fast. Um, you know, he he's not a he's not just a bad wide receiver. He's a first round graded wide receiver. But when I look at, do I believe this guy's going to work? Um, I my notes, you know, I said I seems like a good college athlete, but doesn't seem like a special athlete for the NFL. Um, his tracking seems mid. Um, doesn't seem overly fast or special yards after the catch. Um, so to me, I just, I, I didn't see, I kept going like, why, why does everyone have a first round grade on this guy? I feel like I'm missing something and I was really hoping to hear what I was missing, but I'm not a big fan of, of Adonai Mitchell. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much out. I mean, if you look at wide receivers taken in the first two rounds, which I think we would say he's probably going to go there. He's you know, top definitely taken in the top two. 40, 40 pick, uh, against zone. It's the second worst number of any player since 2014. So it's just not a. It's it would be really really bad if he was taken there. Um, my my film notes were, you know, I see some contested catches, but he still doesn't attack the ball that well. He's a body catcher a lot of the times, and just doesn't seem very fluid. In the Alabama game, you're like, oh sweet, he caught two uh, touchdowns against Alabama. They were wide open, just he completely wasn't left wide. <laughs> yeah. So and that Jason, I feel like that's a point that we joke about sometimes. But there are certain players that just what are what are college defenses? They're just not even covering people, and I, I'm kind of mean sometimes because these guys aren't going to be playing in the NFL. So it's really hard to look at certain touchdowns and go, "That's nothing like that." But <laughs> last week, I don't know if you caught it, Jason. Kyle called college defensive backs future community They're just members, hanging out, <laughs> which is which is just that's the most mean thing you could say about someone. Future community members, I like just, it. Just nondescript. They don't even have jobs. They're just in the community. Um, my low end comp <laughs> for him was a player that teased way back in the day. Justin Hunter 
from Tennessee. He was uh, taken 34th overall, which is kind of where I think A.D. Mitchell might go. But um, let's go to the next name. And, and I, just in case people are listening, they're like, wait, I thought at the top of the show you said like from wide receiver 6 to 12, it's all the exact same tier. Adonai is my wide receiver 14. Just Yeah, you you bodied him. Yeah. Uh, um, this is Xavier Leggett, I believe, is how the X is pronounced. I believe so. That's what the commentators I mean, I'm right now I'm just going from listening. So yeah, they they usually said Xavier Leggett. He is a fifth year senior, so a late bloomer. Uh he's listed at six three two twenty seven on South Carolina's website. That's a lie. There's no chance that dude comes in at six three. He's gonna be around six one. Yes. Six one and a half. So But he's big. He he will come in probably two twenty. Yeah my my notes were with pads on he looks like he's 240. Um, yeah. And um this is really deep notes here people but it says in my notes he builds up speed like Bowser or DK. Um because like if you're playing Mario Kart because he did hit 22 miles per hour on a uh play this past year. I mean DK Metcalf that was the fastest this past year hit 22. So it's like you build up the speed and you can just go. So I get it. And this past year he wasn't just like a let's throw him a screen give him yak stuff. It was Okay, they gave him a little bit more. They trusted him more, but only one year of production, and he's pretty old, over 23 years old. That's not a good thing. Uh, he was not bad against zone. His yards per out run is 2.99, and it was in the SEC. So there's a lot to like about a guy in the NFL. I also think it's very easy to make the comp of there was once a wide receiver from South Carolina who's a yak guy. Uh, nobody can tackle him. He's big, named Debo. But this isn't Debo. This is a di- this is a different player. So. I think Leggett, it was a good college player, and that's as far as I think he will go. But uh, bets, I'll let you go. Was he uh, for one was year? He a good college for player? one year. <laughs> that that's that's what I'm saying is like, just if you just blindly bet against fifth year breakout players that only did it once, you're going to be right way more often than you're wrong. So uh, he's a guy that like I get the hype and excitement because you're like, yeah, that dude is fast. And he's big. And just for reference, he did uh, measure at the Senior Bowl. Wasn't even six one at the Senior Bowl. So the six three measurement that's, that's out insane. there insane <laughs> is very funny. Um, so not quite as tall, but still, once he has the ball in his hands, you're like, oh my gosh, this dude is super explosive. So uh, I like that aspect of it. I hate everything else. Um, I just don't see it personally. This is a guy that I will say too. With when you think about kind of when guys break out and how they perform in their career in college. Context is important. He was a dual threat quarterback in high school, so he's only been playing wide receiver for a handful of years. But again, just in general, the profile is not good. And if you bet against those guys more often than not, you're going to be correct. Bring it, Jason. Oh, man. This is the player I wanted to talk about on this episode more than <laughs> oh, anyone. <man. laughs> more than anyone. I want to talk about him. I talk about him at lunch. I talk about him everywhere because it's <laughs> oh so wild. It's impossible what he did. I can't wrap my head around this, dude. His 2023 tape is as good as almost anyone out there. This guy's hands, his athleticism. What? I'm telling you, you. dude, this guy was a monster. You can't tackle him. You're not going to get the ball away from him. His hands are fantastic. Maybe he jumps to catch the ball a little bit too much. But we saw that with Lad McConkey as well, and, and oftentimes he had to jump because the pass was over his head, and he would jump, and he would snag it out of the air. He had some of the greatest catches this season. 
He had some of the most athletic plays this season. He was used everywhere on the field. He can break tackles. He's a yards after the catch guy. He's good catch. He's got an NFL-ready body and athleticism. I'm telling you, this dude's legit. I loved him. It's impossible that he was in college for four years for this program and never had 200 receiving yards. That can't, I, that can't, it's not, it's not possible. And I'm like, okay, well, he was injured. No, he wasn't. He played 12 games a year prior. Didn't get 200 receiving yards. He played, he played in 12 games. How was he? How, what? How was he actually, how did he do 1,200 yards this year, but couldn't get 200 yards the year prior, 12 games each? I know he was more of special teams. And, and you know what? You're wrong, Bets, about the he played quarterback in high school thing. That's a narrative. I have gone sleuthing on this guy. Okay, I have gone because I wanted to figure out why. How does this exist? How did a guy with that athleticism, that ability, those hands, not do anything for what is usually longer than an NFL wide receiver career? Four years of doing nothing. It's impossible. And so I went back and I, I researched. I'm like, what were the injuries? Nah, he wasn't injured. Uh, oh, oh, okay. I got the narrative. He was a he was a quarterback in high school. Well, he was. He was a quarterback in high school after his quarterback got injured and they put the most athletic guy there to use him as quarterback. So, yes, he played quarterback a little bit, but he was also a four-year wide receiver in high school. So he's not learning the position. What in the heck, man? What? Well, that's not good. So he, no, it's he not good. He played quarterback no, for four years. Not, I'm not. I'm not banging. I'm not like banging the drum <laughs> saying Xavier Leggett is going to be a star. I'm not saying you have to draft him. <laughs> I'm saying his 2023 film athleticism, the things that I look for, he dominated for me, and I love the tape. But the red flags are, I mean, they're maroon. They're deep. They are they're dark. so red. I mean, <laughs> I just cannot understand how he had so little production for four years and then all of a sudden was a man among boys and a monster who was as great as what I saw him this last year. If I have to bet, uh, obviously landing spot and all that's going to come through, bets is 100% right. If you close your eyes and you just say, I'm going to bet against fifth-year, late breakout, single-season production wide receivers, you're almost always – and you bet against them. You're Make almost money. always going to be right. I mean, if if you're betting money and you've got enough opportunities to make that bet, always bet against them because you will print money. I'm going to bet on them. I'm I'm I I am I am actually going to bet on him. A gambling man. I'm a gambling man. He's sticking up for the thick boys. <laughs> you did just, you were just in Vegas. So <laughs> right. Sense. Um the this I mean uh, we'll we'll see how far how high or how far he drops in the draft because his profile is wild. I I've never seen anyone that it's unproductive crazy. for that long. And I don't think there is an example. If someone out there can give me an example of a 4 year four-year on-the-field player doing nothing and then in the fifth year breaking out to this level, I don't think it's been done. And Not even a change of teams. There's no reason for it. I was telling the guys, I actually think he, like, this has to be a Cave of Wonders situation. It's where a he government found the, conspiracy. He found the lamp and was like, I wish that I'm a good wide receiver. And then he became one because he couldn't <laughs> have been, 
I don't know, man. I just I don't get it. Um, worth noting at the Senior Bowl, he had some good days and he had some bad days. He was talking oh, about he needs to be more consistent. Bad days at the I Senior know, Bowl. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. There's a lot of red flags. I do not blame anyone for turning their back on Xavier Leggett. I'm going to bet on him because I do think if what we saw in 2023, if he did level up, if he did figure it out, and and with his athleticism, if he works, his ceiling to me is enormously high, like wide receiver one high to me. So Jeez. I think he could be a touchdown machine in the NFL. Um, yeah, I, I saw um, Steve Smith was talking about how he's like, he's DK Metcalf. And um, Steve Smith, great wide receiver in his own right, but also I think he's a, a really good wide receiver scout as well. He's he's been right on a lot of these guys that um, people are down on. So uh, I'm. What does he What does he think of Jerry Judy? <laughs> he's not a fan. He's just a guy. <laughs> I my last notes on on him is just he's just not as explosive at the line as I want him to be, and he's lumbering and huffing and puffing sometimes. Just as a big dude. He's got to so, carry around a lot of weight. I can relate. I just think that bully ball doesn't work in the NFL. It just doesn't work the same way. So um, the comps are not as kind either. Dante Moncrief was one of his uh, four-year player, um, but without the 40 time. I mean, Dante Moncrief ran a 4-4. Big dude. Had a couple touchdown years. but Man, I, a fifth-year breakout. I'll, I'll do some you research, got, You got to bet against that. Oh. Don't listen to me. Let's uh, let's. I, I I'm going to bet on him. I, I'm going to have a lot of him in Jason's my dynasty like, drafts. But bet on I, him, but bet against me. Y- y- <laughs> I'm betting on him. This is where I'm like, I already know I'm going to be wrong. But I, you, the heart wants what the heart wants. Um, I, th- I appreciate the <laughs> yeah, honesty, Jason. It's just this is who I am. <laughs> I will. The next player is a player that I want things to work out in my heart, and yet it is slowly turning in a way where I go, I just. This usually is something you bet against. It's Tez Walker from North Carolina. Um, it's kind of hard to understand his current age because he started somewhere, but then the season got canceled with COVID as well. Went to Kent State and then uh, UNC this past year. And because of that, they ruled him a two-time transfer. So his production looks smaller because he wasn't allowed to play the first four games. But production-wise, I have no complaints about this past year. I do have some complaints about how he was used because it's a lot of deep stuff. 35% of his targets this past year from Drake May were 20-plus yards down the field. It's either a hitch route or a go route. Those were his two things he did. Um, Miami, he did have a hat trick where he had three touchdowns against them where it was working. The timing with Drake May, the deep shots, they were working. But there's also a lot that goes, okay, there's not a lot of separation here. There's not a lot of nuance it's like, okay, go and, you know, at 6'2", 200, like, that can work in college. Uh, I think that it's tough for me seeing a player that did this in college down the field and then go, okay, what else can you do in the NFL? So I really want him to work because he was a fun college player, but I, I'm starting to see that, like, he's probably going to slip to late day two uh, in the draft. So, Betts, what do you think about your UNC boy? Yeah, I wish I had like a, a strong different take on him. I just don't. I see a lot of Alec Pierce-ish vibes in his game where it's like, okay, it's a deep sideline shot. Did he catch it or not? And if he catches it, great. But in the NFL, I'm not sure that's going to work. Just not a lot of separation, not a lot of nuanced uh, route running in his game that I saw. Um, 
And, you know, you mentioned it, it, it was a smaller sample size because he didn't play the whole season. But he is going to, you know, when Drake May, here's his name called, it's either one, two, or three, most likely in the NFL draft, probably two or three. He played with that guy in college and still wasn't just dominating, right? So he had a quarterback advantage over a lot of other players and still just was like a deep ball, hope for the best. So I'm lower than a lot of people on him. Um, I get the excitement of kind of what it could be, but again, just... There's a lot of downside here, and like I said, I see a lot of Alec Pierce, no separation type vibes. And and we mentioned with Keon Coleman, it's like, man, he doesn't really separate, but his ball skills and his athleticism are off the charts with Keon Coleman. There's nothing close to that with Tez Walker, so I, I just don't see it personally. Uh, not a huge fan. Yeah, I can see how it works out with with Tez Walker. Um, there were games that he looked really, really good. Just uh, you know, a ton of production and had the speed, had, you, you know, everything you want to see, the foot speed. Um, the problem is he plays like an X to me. He, you know, he's obviously an outside guy, but he plays like a classic X, but he's not strong enough. He, It was weird because I feel like I never once saw him break a one-on-one tackle. Like when there was Agreed. when there was a chance, you know, he gets a little, you know, crosser across the field, gets the ball, and it's like, ooh, he's just got one guy to beat, and he can go. Oh, that guy just got him. He all he he always almost beats the guy, but never does. Uh, in the one on one situation, I think he's just he didn't he he's not as strong as he needs to be at six two. So that's something that maybe can change. You know, he comes in, um, puts on a little bit of weight. Uh, you know, that would be good. But the problem is he's already has a late breakout age at, at 21.2. Um, th- this is a guy where I can see this is another boom bust. One of those prospects that's yes. like, I, I don't think it's either going to work. And if it works, it's going to work really, really well for fantasy and for the NFL, or he's not going to be able to put the tools together against NFL defenders, and he'll be a, a bust out of the league. I don't think he's going to end up being one of those players that has you know an eight nine year NFL career of just being that wide receiver three for a team and a, a great you know teammate <laughs> you know the, the you know a Kendrick Bourne type of uh, player. He's either going to succeed or fail, and I do see how it can't succeed um there was enough on the film to me that i i that i really really liked uh he i I have so many notes and and this is really inconsequential but you want to talk about a guy that wasn't guarded i don't know if they were afraid of speed or whatnot but i feel like i could not find more than two plays i wanted to see how he did off the line like with press coverage because i feel like he was a little weaker never saw it Never, I mean, maybe I just didn't watch enough film. Every one of his defenders was 10 yards down the field to start. Nine, eight, nine, ten yards every play for his life. So it, it was a little difficult to um, be confident in how he gets off the line in the NFL. Uh, I, I think I'm 55-45 uh, if I'm betting whether he's going to make it or not, and I'm on the uh, not going to make it side. And, and yes, I did say 55, Kyle. 55! Just wanted to make sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it was hitch. It was go route. So they were just sitting back there. The comps I got, if you look at his size, skill, and whatever his draft capital is going to be, 
I have Michael Gallup as a as a comp who got a second contract in the NFL, taking 81st overall. But then I also have Quez Watkins, who's been just a dude um, for the Eagles. A uh, couple more players here. We're going to go through a little faster. Jalen Polk of Washington. He's a redshirt sophomore, and I use that in air quotes for those people because uh, he had COVID. He had an injury year where he broke his collarbone. But, you know, it was a really fun Washington team that you saw a lot of awesome productions and, uh, production across the, you know, Adunze, Polk, McMillan. And the highlights, if you just want to look at Polk highlights, really, really fun. If you just want to look at that on YouTube, go for it. But man, there's some highs and there's some really, really low lows. Um, his stuff against zone is not good. And that's usually a player I just already fade from the get-go. If uh, you're bottom 15% in, in zone yards per out run, I mean, that's Jonathan Mingo kind of stuff. I usually just move on from there. But I get why he would work in the NFL uh, against Michigan State. He has some awesome film. USC, um, you can look at his production and go, oh, look at those touchdowns. They're all wide open too. So it, it's it's hard for me to look at this player and look at a college system and say, this is going to translate. He's just someone I'm going to be a lot lower on than consensus. And I think the NFL will probably give him third round draft capital. And that to me says like, okay, that's enough. Yeah. Jalen Polk to me was a really solid wide receiver that I see as an unspecial fantasy asset where if this is a guy I do think works in the NFL. I do think he's going to stick around and have a place. Uh, he, he was a very productive uh, player from from his entire life, from high school, productive in, in college. Um, he'll be kind of that bigger slot wide receiver in the NFL. I could see him, you know, it's one of those things where, like, if he hits, if, if it all comes together for him and, you know, he hits his ceiling, it's like you're getting Tyler Boyd to me or or something like that, which is like, Tyler Boyd has a place. That's that's not bad. That's I put that's Josh Reynolds as my yeah. as my comp. So it's like there's a place for that, and and this is this is like the quintessential guy that I'm saying like I don't mind if my NFL team drafts him. I don't think he's ever going to be someone that's really dominating for fantasy purposes in my lineup. Uh, so you know, the chance that he is in the NFL in six years to me is much higher than Devontae Tez Walker. Um. You know, six years from now, if I'm going to bet one of them's in the NFL, Jalen Polk. But I'm going to draft Tez Walker over Jalen Polk because if if Tez hits, he's going to be much more special for fantasy. I think you guys laid it out perfectly. It's I don't know if Jason and you and I just have this kind of mind meld right now, but you were talking, and I was like, he's kind of like Tyler Boydy to me, where it's like, yeah, he stuck around your dynasty roster for six or seven years, but like, did he actually really help I, you a lot? I mean, I, I, I'm not so sure. I've had I've had Tyler um, Boyd on my dynasty <laughs> roster pretty much his entire career. And I have used oh, sure, it. Yeah. I have had, you know, eight really necessary games for my lineup. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I where I played <laughs> yeah. him, I put him in, and he came through, and it was good. It was okay. Yeah. You know, it's like he's got a place. He's not irrelevant, but it's also not something totally. that's winning me a championship. Yeah, I think, and Kyle mentioned it too, like he does have some really fun acrobatic catches on tape. I also... Uh, I think he has really good like late hands to kind of like get a little extra separation, but that's kind of where the excitement for me ends. Um, again, I don't really see anything special. Kyle, I would love for you to read the list of names you you have um, since 2018 prospects with less than 23% targets per out run and bottom 15% yards per out run against zone. These names are terrifying. Jonathan Mingo, Van Jefferson, which is just hilarious that he was drafted in the second round. George Pickens, 
Jalen Rager, Josh Palmer. So guys that can be in the NFL, but you know, other than Pickens, no one really has a ceiling here. I, I think with Polk too, that whole team had a really good season on contested catches. Like Adunze was off the charts on those in terms of what was it? 75% was his catch rate. And then, you know, Polk's at 56%. Those are just up and down stats that we don't really, you know, look at too much. So um, we'll see. Probably round three is where he ends up. But uh, one more player I want to talk about. It's Malachi Corley out of Western Kentucky. And I snuck him in there because he's been getting some buzz, kind of moving up charts. It's really hard to figure out who this guy is apart from screens because that's a lot of what he's doing. And... You know, he's kind of been dubbed the Yak King. He has a chain. I watched about five interviews with Malachi Corley saying, like, this is my game, but I came to the Senior Bowl because I wanted to show people that I have a nuanced route tree because if you watch Malachi Corley film from Western Kentucky, the dude didn't run routes. I mean, he just kind of turns around and kind of, you know, fades across formation, but there's really not much there. But after the catch, you can see it. Like, he's rocked up. He's 210. And um, I think that there's enough there for an NFL team that could work if he's in the right system as a thick slot wide receiver, but he just never ran the traditional routes. He's more of an athlete though. And he came into college listed as a cornerback and in interviews, he was pissed because he was like, I never played cornerback. I don't know why teams thought I was that because I was a running back slash wide receiver. So you get some Antonio Gibson vibes from him, but the end of the day, like it, the right team could use him as somebody who, after the catch, as a slot wide receiver, could work. But also, there's so many of these guys that are just in the slot, and I should share this list with bets. But 75% of the players that see their targets in the slot as a rookie, if if they're there, they're pretty much Jamison Crowder, and he's a rocked up version of that. Like he's big, big dude. He's not a little slot wide receiver but it's so hard to make a big impact. So Corley, I needed to mention him here, um, but he could be Lynn Bowden, just uh, LaVisca Chenault, just a guy that's a gadgety, whatever player that doesn't really matter. That's that's the range of outcomes for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy you brought up some of those comps because you can't go anywhere, whether it's Twitter or any other podcast or YouTube or wherever you are. Everyone's like, I, I see Debo Samuel. I'm tired of it. Okay, Debo Samuel is one of one. <laughs> But he could also be Amari Rogers, right? Like everyone is just like making this straight line comparison to Debo, which I get it from like the size tackle breaking ability, but they didn't ask him to run routes in college. So I, I just don't know if he can actually do it next level. I will say again, the NFL seems to really be into this guy getting a lot of like t- love on like top 50 lists for a lot of NFL draft community members. Yeah, I think he's on Daniel um, Jeremiah's so top 50, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's in the 40s somewhere there, but um yeah, I, I'm just not sure where I stand because, like you said, all of his production is yards after the catch, and it was all just quick stuff at the line of scrimmage, and then let's get you the ball and go. And you mentioned the size. like He's built like a running back, and they kind of used him as an extension of the run game in that way. I will say he's got juice when he has the ball in his hands. He is fun to watch, but I'm just not sure if he can be an NFL wide receiver. Yeah, that's uh, I'm, I'm pretty out on Mal- Malachi Corley. Um, he's got juice. He's got athleticism. I mean, he's he is a running back. He was a running back, and then they started using him as wide receiver, but like with a wink, it was like, well, we're just going to throw to this running back, uh, you know, still behind the line of scrimmage, and whether or not he has the time to really transition to develop route running, um, you know, I I remember t- t- kind of somewhat similar Tyreek Hill 
in college was kind of that running back used behind the line of scrimmage a lot. People said um, you didn't have great routes, but he 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 actually was a decent route runner. I remember we had Harmon and reception perception um, as uh, you know back in the day as part of the team here, and um, you know he he liked Tyreek. He said that, you know the, the routes the routes were better. To me, Malachi is too unpolished, and it, it's one of those where. I saw the comp. Uh, PFF had a great comp, and when I saw, it, I can't. It's Lavisca Chenault. It's like, yeah, yeah, there's a, a really good athlete, a really good yards after the catch guy. Uh, that's just this block, um, of of muscle, but irrelevant. Uh, you know, not a good enough wide receiver, and that's what we're drafting here. So irrelevant. Yeah, and with with Twitter. Twitter world is, oh, we love these players. And, and Chenault was one of those players coming into the draft. It's like, oh, this guy could be used as a Swiss Army knife. Uh, you know, I think that's what's going to happen with Corley, unfortunately. I'm rooting for him. Like, I want him to be a thing. I love watching all of his interviews and watching his his tape. But um, it, it's, it's going to be tough from there. All right. We talked about the main names. You can get all of them in the UDK Plus Dynasty Pass. But I did want to go even deeper. <laughs> Take it or leave it. I mean, this is a quick throw at the very end, but I mean, people are here for the deep, deep dive. And, you know, we've got some names here that we're not going to get into. Malik Washington from Virginia. Mike kind of likes him. Uh, Jermaine Burton, you can get all of these. Brendan Rice from USC, Jerry Rice's son. I needed to mention Bub Means because I like his name out of Great out name. of Pittsburgh. But Jason, you got you Luke, Rick- uh, you got Luke McCaffrey. Uh, that is a McCaffrey. There you go. Jason, I'm going to let you start first with Ricky Pearsall out of Florida, which I'm just going to say, I can't see it. No? I'm not a fan. Oh, wow. That's that, that's actually surprising to me because I, I don't see much I don't like on tape. Um, yeah, I mean, okay, he's he's a little older. There's but more his reasons Flo- than that. His Florida tape uh, from 2023 was really really good. Uh, he's got phenomenal hands. Has one, I think, maybe the best catch of the year. Uh, yes, you, you know that was just unbelievable. But he's he's sure handed in traffic. Uh, he can make contested catches. I see him with space. I see him get open. I see good route running. There, I mean, there's not a lot I don't like about Ricky Pearsall. So I'm I'm in on him uh, as someone that is a little bit down um on some boards I've, you know he's all over the place he's really all over the place like you said Kyle you don't see it you don't like him he's not like consensus a top prospect but then there are some people out there that are like this dude is a top prospect so um I'm on that side I'm I'm in on Ricky Pearsall yep he's a bigger slot wide receiver bets you got the itty bitty baby boy of the slot wide receivers oh man <laughs> this is one of that like you got to put it out there and you say okay there are things in this profile that i'm intrigued by but i'm gonna take a step back and be realistic i don't see a, a super high ceiling with jacob cowing but when you look at just some of the stuff we look for early breakout age we look for guys that can earn targets guys that have a good production profile he has it the red flags are he's 23 years old he played five years three of uh, those were at utep and the last two years arizona he transformed into just slot only and short targets. But like at UTEP, he was used down the field. So I don't really know this guy's game. I just know that the production profile is there. And when you watch him, like he just looks like he knows how to play football. He gets the soft spot in zone. He kind of knows where he's going. 
I will also throw out a quick little hot stat. Kyle loves the hot stats. There are two wide receivers in this class with a career target throughout run above 28%. Marvin Harrison, Jacob Cowan. The other thing, <laughs> such a cherry pick. Very cherry the other thing about him, <laughs> I had to throw it in there, is that, um, and we can get really stuck doing this kind of stuff, but if you look at his kind of career production as far as yeah, uh, yards after the catch, yards per outrun, that kind of stuff, it's like creepy how close it is to Tank Dell. And I'm not saying he's Tank Dell because they win no, you very heard different it ways. Here first. He is guaranteed to be Tank, Bell, Tank Dell, 100% hit rate coming for Jacob Cowing. Um, I just liked his his game. Uh, I think he's an interesting guy. And we were kind of talking, Kyle, too, about like, I mentioned, I was like, what if he turns into like a Josh Downs kind of guy? And you were like, dude, Josh Downs, we don't like him. It's like, well, yeah, but if you get him in like the fourth round of your rookie draft, like, yeah, you want Josh Downs for that price, right? So that's what I'm saying about Jake Cowing. I think he can play in the NFL. I think he's probably going to go early day three, somewhere in like round four. So uh, hit rate is not great, but there's some stuff I like. Same height, same weight, same breakout age. Same basically everything as Josh Downs. He's Josh Downs, and that's not a terrible thing. But it's funny on this show last year, I was like, oh. I kind of like Josh Downs, and Jason's <laughs> like, I don't like Josh Downs. Uh, I and was then o- in the season, I was, was O U T on Josh Downs. Didn't like him. Uh, wanted to bet against his weight primarily, and then in the season, he he got me back. He got me back not by being great. Certainly not. I mean, he was actually not that good this season at all. He had a little uh, run, right? Oh, yes, he did. Oh, yes, he did. He had a four-week stretch where he was very good, and I was like, oh, I'm eating my crow, and then I signed him, and then I had him, and then I didn't make a trade for Michael Pittman because I had downs on my team, and it looked like he was going to be you know, a 1B, and then he disappeared the rest of the season, did absolutely jack squat, <laughs> But he had a four-game stretch where he was on pace for 1,300 yards and eight-and-a-half touchdowns, and then I decide not to trade for him. And then the rest of the season, which was the majority of the season, in nine games, he was on pace for 562 total yards if it was a full season. Yeah, his, Zero touchdowns. I remember for DFS not bitter bets, at all. it was always like, ah, oh, Josh Downs, he might get some targets. You know, he had a good little run there for a little bit, and uh, no, he was nothing. Uh, I'll give one more player. Just at the very end, take it or leave it. Javon Baker out of UCF. Originally went to Alabama, transferred out. He's one of five wide receivers uh, in this class to have above three yards per outrun against man and zone. Malik Neighbors, Marvin Harrison Jr., Troy Franklin, Malik Washington, who I mentioned, and Javon Baker. I think there's some interesting stuff there, but just know the name. He might get, you know, day three draft capital. Could be nothing, but definitely some intriguing stuff in his profile. And do not forget, everyone out there, about the Ultimate Draft Kit. And by March 1st, if you want to get in on the Listener League, make sure you pick it up by March 1st, and you will be automatically entered. If you already got it earlier in the offseason when we launched it on the Super Bowl, you're already entered into it. But all of our draft rankings, all the production profiles, the usage metrics, everything we talk about on this show, it's all easy to see at a glance. Our rankings are there blurbs on these guys the uh the the dynasty pass is awesome go to udkplus.com boys that's gonna do it 80 minutes of dynasty talk and wide receivers next week we'll be doing a a mock draft two rounds right after the combine so we'll see you again next week goodbye
Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Footballers Dynasty Podcast. If you want to take your dynasty skills to the next level, check out thefantasyfootballers.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.